Welcome to Murder Most Irish, where there's absolute killings. That was the one with Macaulay Culkin. Mm. I listened to your podcast with Macaulay Culkin recently. It's very strange. Why? He has made so much money off of those ch- movies that he made as a child that he just never has to work again. Is he still making money? Yeah. Oh, I presume so. I don't know. He's like, I can't remember what podcast it was on, but he's living in France and he's not working. He just bought an apartment in France, just draw like paints all day. He's one of those famous people that like has become a painter. Jim Carrey. Like, listen, I don't know what his art looks like, but I'm pretty sure it's garbage. Garbage. Um, but yeah, he's like really rich. I presume so, anyway. And then his story about his family was really fucked up. Did he talk about something? Yeah, he he's said it. He's, yeah, he said how abusive his dad was. He still talks to his mum, but like his dad was like super abusive to them. In what sense? Physically abusive and emotionally abusive. And there was seven children and two adults living in a one bedroom apartment. What? Yep. And but they he, were minted. No, they weren't. Initially they weren't and he was like a failed actor and he was trying to basically use his kids live vicariously through his children. So he's basically trying to get all of his kids acting jobs and a lot of there was like four or three of them that didn't want to do it and then the four guys did. But uh, he said that before they actually got anywhere like there were seven children living in and two adults living in a one bedroom apartment and his dad didn't believe in washing himself. What? He believed in smelling like a human. So his dad would bring him to auditions and he'd be like <clears throat> reeking, stinking up the place. Anyway, that's Macaulay Culkin's life. And here's his art. Show me his art. Shy. Is that? Pretty sure this is corn, by the way. What the fuck is that? Is that corn? Doesn't that look like corn? That is corn! I'm doing an ASMR. I'm doing ASMR. Doing ASMR for All people. Right. We should introduce the show. Hello, welcome to Murder Most Irish. This is Emma. And this is Sarah. Give okay. your full name. Hello and welcome to Murder this is Most sex. Irish. This is, how we have sex. <laughs> this is episode 12. No. Nope. 13. 13. Oh, unlucky 13. Unlucky 13. Or lucky 13. This could be the episode where we finally get cancelled by the internet. I hope they come for us. I'm fucking ready. Sarah said to me the other day no one will ever cancel her ever. <laughs> now you're taking that. Out of context, I said no one could cancel me because I don't live on the internet. She said, "Try, come try, try, come for try me, it, come for me." Try I'll and find you me. on Twitter. You and dirty I'll find bitches. where you live. Um, and I'll d- come in there and I'll make you a cup of tea. <laughs> and I'll clip your toenails. I'll clip your toenails. And I'll make you a nanny a cup of tea. And I'll give her twenty digestives. If anyone hasn't seen that comedian on Instagram... What's his name? Conway? Darren Conway? Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. He is so funny. Lads, we're eating minstrels. Sorry, I can hear the crunching. Minstrels for minstrels. I'll stop now because my stomach is getting like... When you eat an entire bag of M&M's in a matter of minutes... I just wanted to get close to you there. I got very close to you. No, you did get very close. (laughs) (laughs) What did I do? I love you. I missed you. And you're so beautiful. When was the last time I saw you? Uh, to the day I did your hair like one day ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a day ago. A day, roughly a day ago. A whole day. Sarah, tell me things. So, anyway, I have no news. The world is garbage. The world is fucking trash. It's getting. It just. It's, it's just getting worse. Just trash. 
And I wish I could be one of those people that like gets off social media, but I can't. Didn't your therapist tell you yep. to stop watching? My therapist else? tells me every week, stop it. She's like, work on that this week. I'm like, mm hmm. And as soon as she hangs off, I just go onto Twitter or not Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I have to stop. I have to say. It's bad. I am concerned about how few people give a shit. Yeah, people really, really don't. But I think as well, do you think maybe that's something to do with the fact that everybody is in the current like, mind space of everything is fucking crazy? I don't think know it's if it's because we're awful. so desensitized. I don't know if this year has been so awful and it's one awful thing after the other and it's one black person after the other getting shot and murdered and it being filmed yeah. and nothing happened and one white person walking down the road with a gun after shooting two people and being let go home to go to bed. Just. Um, Did you see that fucking ghoul and culture what she said on Twitter? No. Somebody tweeted about it and she they were like, uh, I wish he was my whatever and then she retweeted and said I wish he was my president that kid that shot those two people what she's a fucking cunt c-u-n-t and culture and cunter that's what she is she is a cunt a ghoul of a human being like the orange just did you see that I can't did you see it is honestly like Dan Aykroyd wrote this yeah Whenever I see anybody from the RNC, I'm literally like, this is a Dan Aykroyd production where everybody in this movie is on coke and they're all just like, everyone's just laughing at these stupid politicians and no one's taking them seriously. But people are taking them seriously. Yeah. And that's what's terrifying. And also, our government is fucked as well. Did you see that nun? Which nun? The nun that came out. The... No! Did you not see the nun? I didn't see the nun. She said the most marginalised community in America is the aborted children. Ah, oh, Sarah. Is the unborn children of America are the most marginalized. So they ticked all their boxes. Oh, they ticked. Oh, do you see that woman that came out and was like, have you ever smelled what abortion smells like? Oh my God. <sighs> Everything's garbage. Lads, our government is a fucking joke as well. What's going on, lads? I don't know. They're all going to golf. Having a golf party. They're all uh, just doing whatever just they want. Fair play to whoever ratted them out. Oh, I love whoever I'd love to buy them out. a pint. I love whoever yeah. ratted them out. Because you know, as you, you said to me, because I said to you, I wonder who ratted them out. And you were, you were like, it was probably somebody that worked there. Like It had to have been someone that worked there. Because It was the K-Club, was it? Yeah, or something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was the K-Club. It was the K-Club. Yeah, it was the K-Club. Someone had to clearly... Obviously, and like, I'm saying to the girls on merch day, and they were like, yeah, I actually... One of them was like, I fucking absolutely would have ratted them out. And if I had been at the K-Club, not even working yeah. there, because I have stayed in the K-Club you would have been like, event. Beep, 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 and I wouldn't have even been, I would have walked into the room and be like, aren't you all from the government? <laughs> Isn't this all illegal? And I was only saying today as well. Not even illegal. That's Do you know what else it is? It's the fact that we all have this feeling of guilt now when we do anything. Like we all have this immediate feeling of if we go anywhere, we try to do anything, there's this this guilt that's constantly in our yeah. Because the government have made us feel this way. They're like, don't go out, but all the shops are open. Don't eat out, but you have to eat out because restaurants need to make, make money. Don't go here, but staycation because, you know, stay in Ireland. They're giving these mixed signals and then they're making everyone feel bad. And then they're having a fucking party in the K-Club. In Kildare, where they're which not has meant to be. in lockdown for an additional two weeks. Colin was saying that the Hogan guy was like driving around Kildare as well. Phil Hogan around like, was driving around Kildare and then went to the golf thing and then left the golf thing the next day and went back to his house in Kildare. You're joking. And then went back somewhere else and then went back to Kildare again. And then was like, <sighs> I didn't do anything wrong. 
And I'm not, because he was like, I have access to being tested for COVID. Therefore, I've been tested and I know I don't have it. And I was like, you stupid motherfucker. So I was like, I could be tested for COVID yesterday. And tomorrow I could get and it. And today I could have interacted with somebody yeah. in the morning. And picked it up. And then picked it up and then be carrying it. Like, I could also be asymptomatic. And also, there are COVID tests that do not yeah. test correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, come back and he'll be like, you don't have it. And then two days later you find yeah. out you fucking do have it. Like... He's a fuck. He's gone anyway now, so. Yeah, but he was holding on for dear life. He was trying his best. Like, the Minister for Agriculture just came out and was like, yeah, I'm gone. Bye. Okay. Off I go. But now they're going for uh, the Taoiseach. They're going for the Taoiseach? Yeah, because he went home during lockdown. He was staying in his holiday home. as So he put his holiday home as his main residence. He was summering? And was saying, I'm staying in my holiday home and that's what I'm going to place as my base. Okay. But then people in Cork said that they seen him driving around Cork and then he had to come out today and be like, yeah, I had to go home to get clothes. And now people are like, no, that's not the only reason you were in Cork for. So, and it was during like the height of lockdown. Fair play to you, Cork. Fucking dead <laughs> um, But that's the thing. They can't, they can't make these rules and then make everybody feel bad for stepping foot outside their door and then they're out. But that's, that's politicians. That's power. That's what power does to you. Power corrupts it's what happens anyway fuck um, men fuck men there you go and fuck that nun oh that crazy old bitch fuck you nun. Well, I, I had to laugh right i had to laugh once you see image of the nun from that like terrifying horror movie that came out you know the one that came out very recently with the nun in it no i don't know i think it's called the nun <laughs> anyway fuck terrifying i've seen a clip that that movie about the nun you know the what's one what's it called the nun the nun um it's called nuns on the run i well, obsessed with that movie. Great kid. movie. Obsessed with it. Anyway, um, I had to laugh. She came out and was like the most marginalised and abortion is wrong. And came like in full nun gear. Oh, for like habit. Habit. White bit. Like not a sexy nun was she. No, she right? was a nun. She was like down to the fucking, yeah, right? I only, Hibernated. Yeah. And then I was like, you're representing a man that has had yep. how many... Uh, divorces. Yeah, and he's locking children and in cages. And he's locking children up in cages. It's all well and good being like into saving these kids when they're inside of women, when but they uh, want out. to have nothing to do with them when they when come they out. When they pop out, they're like, you're on your own. Yeah. And God, if you're black or brown, yeah. Jesus, you're fucked. You're fucked. God almighty, Jesus Christ, everybody just fucking. Oh, and I just have no faith that he's not going to get four more years. I just have no faith. I I fully believe that he's going to go back I don't back know in. if, like, I honestly think that if you get, I don't know if I can take it emotionally no. and mentally. I feel like I'm just like, going to just feel so, like, and, and we don't even live there. And we there, don't dude. live there. Like, do you remember when he first got in and two of us were like, I was like, I need to go to therapy. Yeah. And like, I remember I was going, like, this is a joke. I remember going to work the next day and one of the people that I work with being like, why does it matter? And I was like, why does it matter? What? How can people so easily rem- like? I understand people for some people's mental health they do that, but that wasn't about that. She was just like, "Oh, why does it matter? Of course, it fucking matters. People are going to be like, Killed. look what's happened. Yeah. All you need to do is look at what's happened for the mm. last four years. Like it's a fucking and Biden's no better, but he's two between two evils. Unfortunately for <sighs> the people in America, their nominations and the people that they get to vote for always comes down to that yeah and so therefore as a society especially a marginalized part of the society it's really difficult it to get behind be so hard. anything yeah it must be because so hard you are and everyone does that in elections but we have it to a lesser extent yeah. here no, they're because like of the way our they're government just like works. a complete division like yeah. down the middle they're a republic they're yeah. a republic they're not a, and that's the whole thing mm. it's like understanding the fact that america is a republic and not a democracy yeah. in its truest form yeah. 
that essentially well it ain't anymore it's not anymore like see what that cunt wore as well in full military garb oh my god Sarah what is happening what it's is like, happening who made who made like that's she that's a dictator's yeah. uh, wife's uniform that that woman is just she's dead inside anyway so anyway this has been politics hour welcome to politics murder Sarah must and Emma. Emma have we got any fun politics story no everything is garbage mm. Everything is trash. The world is garbage. But we had some chocolate. Sarah brought me chocolate. So I'm happy. Do you know what I do like, Mo? What? That our government is so shy. It's so shy. <laughs> They're good for a laugh. It just has to be like, here they go again now. Yeah. They're crap. Don't go outside, lads. Like, and it's just the same shit over and over again with our government. So it's like, one party will get in. Or now we've got like a mix of three parties. And they, then they all become friends. And then when one of them does something wrong, the other side is like, he's oh. wrong. Come out you black and tans and fight me like a man. Our podcast is so like raw-esque for the last couple of episodes. This is true. Because you're up in Belfast. But I'm not in Belfast now. God love the people of the UK. Because they're doing your best with that do. cunt leading us. I know. God fuck me as well. Like that's so I want to know who's riding Boris Johnson. That young one. It's like. Imagine that, like imagine that on top of you. That was a very good Boris Johnson impression. Like when your own family are. This is my penis. (laughs) (laughs) When your own family are like, you're a fucking thick. Why are you letting that thick? His own family came out and said that about us. His brothers and sisters were like. How much money? What do you mean? For the job. For to to do what? You know what I'm no, saying. No, not in a million years. Come no on. No amount of How money. How much money? You always used to do this to me and then you stopped. How ages. much money? You'd be like, I'd say somebody is attractive and you'd be like, How much? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to have sex with this person for money. It's not a scenario that I would never have sex How with Boris Johnson. Money? No, he's grotesque. You know what? It's not even that he's physically grotesque. Whatever about that. He's just a grotesque human being. He is physically grotesque. I know. I'm not like you. I have. I, I, won't, I won't say. He looks like that Scottish singer. What's that Scottish singer that I love? Oh, Lewis Capaldi. He looks like a mix of Lewis Capaldi and Sloth from he the Goonies. You know something? I don't know anything about Lewis Capaldi's music, but as a person, I really fucking like him. Oh, I love him. Did you send me that video of him making that oh, woman on the but, street? Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> of Niall Horan's video. Did no, I send you that one? no. Did you send me? Did you? Did you send me the one of him on the street? Some he bumped into some woman on the street, and she was like, "Will you record a video?" And he, yeah, my daughter. Yeah, yeah. Fucking gas. Um, no, he's so funny. He did. I don't even. I not. I don't like Nile Horn. I don't like any of that music. We just this like video where he talks about Nile Horn's new video. Yeah. Nile Horn's new video is clearly him having a ride, and he's like, dirty. <laughs> he's like, he's wearing playing checkers. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I don't know a single song by that gentleman, but he makes. They me laugh. all sound the same. Yeah, of course they do. They all sound like he's he's in a deep physical state of like depression, intense emotion. No, I've never heard it. He's like. Every Lewis Capaldi song I've ever heard sounds like he's singing it inside a phone booth, like an anchorman. Really? I'm in a glass case of emotion! I need to listen to a Lewis Capaldi song. No, they're really, they're not my thing. Do you know what else I've only recently realised um, about Taylor Swift? I think I've heard exactly two Taylor Swift songs. Oh, really? In my entire life. What are they? The one where she's... Uh, I knew you went... That one. And then there's another one where she's dancing in a video with loads of other dancers. Shake it off. Yeah. Shake it off. I think that's, uh, they're uh. the only Taylor Swift songs I've ever heard, I think. Lily really likes this one song by Taylor Swift called Style. Which I sound... Style. The sound of it, it sounds like the lead singer from the Eagles. Right. 
I remember he used to do, what's that song he did, uh, The Boys of Summer? Yeah, oh, it's Don Henley. Don Henley. Her, that song's... Um, that style song sounds like Don Henley. Yeah. Which I like. Good for her. Yeah. She seems to take a lot. She like, takes a lot she of takes, shit. But I don't she know seems about to it. take it to heart. I don't know about it. I watched a couple of minutes of like the documentary on Netflix that she made. I bought all of them. And, um, she... She made a documentary? Yeah. Oh. You know how Netflix did that thing for a while where like every pop star on the planet and they were like, do you want to make a documentary? They were like, sure. Um, I can't wait for your Netflix documentary. No, I can't wait. And they're like... Being Sarah. Being me. Let's just see like this. It's just me going, Graham! Graham in the background like this. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it today with him. Why? What did he do? And, do you know, I felt bad for him after I lost it. <laughs> I have to say. It's Graham, I know we don't communicate when we see each other face to face. Graham, we're sorry. Sarah, sorry. I'm very sorry about the fact that I shouted at you in school. Why did you shout? He shouted him in the school. Yeah, in the Sarah! Era. So Lily started school today. No. Yeah, Lily started. She looks so cute, by the way. Yeah, Lily's, I love her uniform. Lily's first day. I would wear that outfit that she had on her I today. I knew you would. <laughs> wearing that today. Um, so Lily starts school today and um, Lily is very like Graham. Okay. So I as a human being am big picture. Yeah. So I like you just have to say to me Sarah we're going to do this Yeah. and I'm like awesome. I don't need any other information It's happening. About it. We're good. It's happening. I'm on board. Yeah. You're very I'm like incredibly that, gullible. You were very like that. Yes. You're not gullible. No I'm not but do you know what I mean? I'm like yeah okay. No I'm you're, I'm you're, you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Graham is... Like self questions. We're going to do this, Graham. And he's like, well, how are we going to do that? And who's going to bring us there? And what time is that going to be at? And do you think the weather would be nice? What kind of stuff do you think I should pack? Do you think I'll need four pairs of shoes or two pairs of shoes? <laughs> how many pairs of underpants are you going to bring? Are you bringing a towel? Do you think they'll have a towel in the house? Oh, God, okay. Yeah, I know. And, he is like that. Yeah, yeah and me, after about, like, two minutes of it, it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Why are you asking me all of these questions? I don't care. Poor Graham. Stop it! <laughs> did you say... Why did you shout at him in the so, yard? Lily is very like her dad. Alright. Lily is not big picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lily needs all of the information. She's got that little anxiety streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, last night before getting ready for the big Excuse day. Me. Yeah. First day in big school, all that. Oh, exciting. Um, she was like anxious going to bed. And we talked for a while. And I've gotten better with dealing with that kind of stuff because I realised that when I had a kid that I had that she's like that. Yeah. That I had to. So I read some books and I asked a play therapist what I should do and yeah. how I should get myself into that mindset. So I've gotten better at it. But then we got to the school. Okay. And Lily was like, Well, you didn't fucking prepare me for any of this. I didn't realise there was gonna be this many people. I didn't realise oh. that you could only bring me into the yard and you come bring me into the class. I didn't realise that I wouldn't have never have met my teacher before. Even though I kind of did, I didn't realize that I wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to see my classroom. What does that mean? That you couldn't see her in the room? Is no, that... I couldn't bring her because of COVID. Oh, sorry. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Um, so you can only bring her to the gate, and then she goes herself. Okay? Well, we were allowed to go into the yard, but we had to stand in like a line, and it was only the junior infants. But there was just too many people in anyway for Lily. Oh God, the poor little. So ten. she was like. Like, when I say she did not want to go in, she did not want to go in. Really? And she was snotting and sobbing. And then, great, like, so then the teacher was, like, moving. And every time someone moved, you had to move up next. And as I went to, I'm trying to deal with Lily. And I'm down with her. And Graham has, Graham is, like, it's not that he's not attached to Lily. He is. But when she's like that, he's just, like. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to let you deal with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like down trying to deal with her and then I got up to like move and Graham went, oh, we're not going to go past the blue line. 
because Graham is also really rule orientated so he's like we follow all the rules okay and I just went I know and he was like eh. and then he went to say it to me again and I was like shut up and I went just like that and I went that loud and I knew people heard us and I was like <laughs> and he just looked at me a domestic in the school yeah <laughs> and I felt so like immediately I felt awful and well, it's I, a tense situation, Sarah. And I know, kid, but I could, have ha- I could have handled it better. Honestly, and I, I, don't, so I don't know if you could have, because honestly, when Lily gets upset like that, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, oh, 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 oh. Hmm. like, you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. And you're trying to get her to go to school. Yeah, because my fear like, was that, because we were coming up next, we'd moved up into the blue line, and my fear was that this teacher was going to come and she was going to be like, no, yeah. I'm not going. Like, so what happened then? Was she okay? The teacher like was very kind. And was like, what's your name? And I know you, because my nan, because her mom, because my my mom, her nan works yeah. in school. She was like, I know your, t- I know your ma- nana. And and then I was like, are you going to go? And she was like, yeah, I'm going to go. Aww. And then she went, but like, I knew. And then mom said that, because mom walked up to the classroom then, went like inside school. Yeah. And mom said that like about 10 minutes later, they were trying to take a class picture. And Lily was like, I'm not getting in the picture. Really? Yeah, she was like, I don't want to get in. I'm not getting in. She is quite like that. She's like Graham. Like her, she's like me in some senses, but like mostly she is like Graham. Oh, bless her. Um, and how was she when she came home? Grand, she's she fine. She's okay? No, that's it. It's always the initial kind of... I remember when I was in primary... No, when I was in school in England, I remember my mother having to like drag me to school. Like I would scream the place down. Really? I fucking hated it. I don't know why. Like, I can't remember why, but I remember, I have a very vivid memory of standing outside the school and some primary, that's where we went. And I remember standing outside the school and I grabbed the bars, there was big green <laughs> gate and I grabbed the bars and she had my arse and she was like trying to drag right, me off. off the gate. Like, I remember how that feeling of like, oh, don't leave me. you know, that way. And it wasn't even that she was leaving me, it's just I didn't want to go in. Like, yeah. if she just left me outside the gate and went, I would have been fine. But, like, I don't want to go in here. So it is a daunting kind of thing for kids, like... No, and I get that. And I remember, like, not want... I don't I don't remember having a reaction the way Lily did. And Graham said that he didn't have any reaction. When he was going to school? Mm. Really? That he couldn't understand why his mum was crying. Oh, he thought that bless. she was crying because she was leaving him forever. Oh, Jesus. He and was he was like, like all right, mm, see you now. Bye. Bye, Bernadine. Uh, I, but I don't know Bernadine will probably tell you that like actually how it went down was that he sobbed but he says that he can't remember well he says that he does remember <coughs> and they didn't cry um, did you? do you remember? I remember my first I re- have very small moments of my first day of school first thing I remember is the steps into school right and I remember walking into the steps and looking at the because as you walked up the steps and into the corridor the first thing came across was the toilets right and I remember thinking well I'm never going to use them Really? Yeah, because all the boys and girls went, even though they were all like separate cubicles, it was because yeah. they were all together. I was like, no. Um, okay, okay. And then I remember my teacher, her name was Miss Dunphy, and she played guitar and she had a lesbian haircut. Oh, Miss Dunphy. Mm, Shout out to Miss Dunphy. The principal in school. You go, Miss Dunphy. Fill the bus for Miss Dunphy. And uh, yeah, so I remember that, and then I remember my first day of play school more. Really? Yeah, but I think I was a little bit more prepared because I went to play school for two years because I'm that dumb. <laughs> They're like, just keep her back. Keep um, her back for you. No, I went to play school because my birthday. She's eating the glue again. So I wasn't insured. 
That's my birthday's in October. Did Lily go to Salon de Lily? Lily, because the same, because her birthday's in January. Ah, so she went So she's like uninsured. Well, she, there's the new, like the new system in ECC is that they want them to stay for two years. Oh. Um. So I was happy because I think at the end, not that I was any more equipped for my leave insert, but I was older. You were older, a little And older. I felt it easier than when yeah, I got yeah, to college. Yeah. And, um... Lily's okay then. She's alright. Yeah, she's fine now. Grand, not a bother. She'd be great. She, and and, she and I said sorry to Grand. Which is really rare for me. That is rare. That's, I know. That took a lot. I immediately asked You put walked, on your big girl pants, I was like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And he was like, no, no, I understand. And then I mean, the minute I said sorry, I was like, but here's why I did that. <laughs> right? I'm saying sorry, but here's all the things but here's you the did reason wrong. Why I did it? Yeah, right. But I'm saying sorry. <laughs> but I just want you to know that here's all the shit you did wrong to push me into that Graham, corner. Graham, we right? love you. Graham. Here, take it off my earrings, right? Come on, let's go. No, yeah. we love you, Graham. We're we'll love. You. I apologise in Sarah's box. For the domestic abuse that occurred you. outside. Grimo, we do. Skull, skull, Mera, Hishta. I don't know what the fuck skull's called. Don't say it. Don't say it. Because you told me what not to say it. No, no don't I say really the name. I to say it. I'm protecting your child right from now. From who? Who are you protecting her from? I don't know. Yeah, fucking start, right? <laughs> fucking come on. Um, I don't know. Anybody could hear this. No. In the uh, my, oh. my, sister so, my sister is so badier because she texted me to be like, how did yeah. Lily get on? And I was like, yeah, she went it went okay. Like, she was fine. And then she was like, you know, if anyone touched that, kill her, right? Uh, <laughs> I was like, do you know what? Like, I do, sweet yeah, in a scary yeah, way. Yeah, I was like, do you know what? I do know that. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like sweet and like a serial killer yeah, type she way. Was like, she's like, I'll, kill them. I'll fuck that four-year-old yeah. up. If but <laughs> we've, like, listen, you got to have each other's back. I remember when uh, my niece was being bullied and I went down to the school. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. You're dead fucking right, I did. Yeah, I remember you telling she me She came home, told, Michaela told me, I said, who is it? She said, such and such. I said, Grant, okay. you go down to the school, make a formal complaint, do all the things you're supposed yeah. to do. And I was like, and I'll get that little prick. And I meet her in break. the car park. Hmm? Yeah, no, I didn't meet her in the car park. I waited till the school break. <laughs> and uh, stood at the side of the shed in the school. And said, here, come here, you. Oh, Jesus. Come over here. Did she nearly shit her pants, It wasn't she? a she, it was a he. Oh, it was a he? And he came over. He punched her in the stomach. What? Yeah. I said, come over here now. Why is he punching her in the fucking... I got very close to him and said... got very close to him and I said... Listen, you... Why is he fucking pushing her? Oh, I can't remember why they, why he was picking on her, but he was being very mean to her. But the thing that like got me is that he had like laid hands on her. Pushed her in the fucking stomach. And uh, I was like, right, it's about to go down. Did you see over there, a woman died back then. <laughs> and you'll be fucking buried next to her. <laughs> see that was child? He, was he terrified? Yeah, he was terrified. Because I did it as well <clears throat> in... Oh, this is awful. I shouldn't be telling this No, story. go on, tell um, okay. But I did it when there was no parents around. It wasn't like when people were coming to pick up their kids. It was break time in school. So it was... So there was like only kids? It's a kid and then like two like... Uh, and you in the corner like a fucking creep? Yeah, no, I don't know what... Like, Come here. I don't, like well, this, I hit. finger. Come here. And uh, I said to Nikita specifically, I was like, I'll be in the yard, pretend you don't know me. And she was like... Oh, <laughs> it's a whole operation. Yeah. Did he stop? Um, yeah, he did. And that's Lady Jeanne how Sarah got her first criminal record. We don't talk about it. Mama's on if you're first listening to this, I'm joking. First of many. <laughs> I don't have any criminal records. I had to do a criminal background check for my newest I've never employer. had to do a criminal background check. It took a very long time. I feel like I, I don't have any criminal things, I don't think. Being too sexy. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? what? This week we made it into 
the we, top 20. We were 33 and then I was like, oh my God, we're 33 in the true crime charts. And then the next day I went back and we were 17. Colin put in the noise. <laughs> Fucking insane. Insane. Like, in no... Like when we got to like 140, we were like, oh my God. And we were only there for a week and then we went. Yeah. And then we never came back <laughs> we were, again. We were so happy. We screenshot and we were like, oh my God. And then to be like. Number 18. Number 18. In the UK and Ireland. Yeah, no, it's deadly. Thank you. I don't know why or what's happening. Thank you very much to everybody. <laughs> like, I really don't get why we're getting these very listeners. Like, oh, I, I don't. So, I've bought all of the Brazilian bots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't have any more news I have no more like the stuff that I want to talk about we can't talk about well, the podcast. Talk about let's it. talk about your sex life let's talk about sex baby yeah. let's talk about you I haven't had me. sex in let's talk about all the good months. things and the bad things that may be let's talk about sex do you remember when that song came out? Yeah. Let's talk you know about I remember I like seven year olds were like, let's talk, talk about, about sex. Uh, not seven year olds, uh, eight year old Emma singing, I'm horny, 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 horny. And horny. genuinely not knowing what that meant. Beauty, I remember I was beauty. in the back I'm of I'm full of spikes. Spiky, spiky, spiky. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the back of my friend's car and her dad and mum were driving and the song came on on the radio and I remember singing that at the top of my lungs. And she just looked over me like that. And I was like, I don't know what this um, so I'm going to do the murder, the unsolved murder, it's a cold case, I'm sorry, of Eileen Costello O'Shaughnessy. I think it's a, O'Shaughnessy or O'Shaughnessy, what would you say? O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy. Um, and I got my information from this from the Irish Times, from the Connacht Tribune, from Reddit, from the Garda.ie website, oh, which they need to update because it honestly looks like it was made in dial-up, which it was. It was, and they've never changed it. You know, it's just so, it's so terrible looking. Like Michael, 75, is at home just typing into it. Our guards are shy. <laughs> they are. The Irish police force. Honest to God. Oh, well, they leave a lot to be desired. They do. Um, they probably don't get paid much, but at the end of the day, they're not doing well. Well, like, I presume the detectives get paid well, don't they? I don't think so. And um, the Irish Independent, and also the there's a YouTube, uh, it's not for, it's, it's on YouTube. If you type in Eileen uh, Costello Shocknessy, there's like a cold case, Irish cold case TV show. I've never seen it before. It was an RTE. Is it called Scanal? No. Uh, something crime and they do an episode about Eileen so Eileen Costello Shaughnessy was born in Corrifin County Galway in 1950 she was a mother of two and after separating amicably from her husband amicably uh, amicably they made sure that that was put in there Eileen and her son Damien and daughter Susan moved into Eileen's mother's house in Corrifin so I only found out later on after I'd written this her ex-husband was actually a guard so he was a guard when she passed away. Yeah, which was passed away. Which I know Sarah's again. like, mm. um, I don't made sure to put the amicably in the guards. The, well, no, the family when they did the documentary, they were like, they separated amicably. There was no like animosity. No, none whatsoever. Um, Eileen had her children at a young age, like her early twenties, like twenty one, twenty two, and her children pretty much grew up with her, like at that point. Aww. So um, Eileen was described as an attentive daughter and a very de- devoted mother. In her mid-40s, Eileen decided to try a new job. And at age 43, Eileen became a taxi driver. Fair fucks to Eileen. I know, right? It's very rare to ever... I, this is so ridiculous, but I kind of get excited when I get a female taxi yeah. driver. I'm like, hey! Yeah, I don't have to talk oh my to God. you about fucking dumb shit. I'm not afraid. Yeah. You're not going to rate me. And you're not going to be racist. No, you're not going to be racist. Well, you're just going to be sound. Be. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're going to be sound and you're going to be nice. And I'm going to enjoy this. There's a, this amazing taxi driver that used to work in Longford, this lady... And I was obsessed with her. She had like a leopard print tattoo down her entire arm. And I loved her. And she always had different colour hair. Whenever I used to get taxis out of Longford, I'd be like, please come and get me. She was so nice. 
Shout out oh. to you. Can't remember her name. Well, she really left a lasting She did. I did. I'm sure I asked her her name, but I was like, what's your name? Really drunk. I'm 12. What's your name? <laughs> I love your tattoos. I love your tattoos. When I go up, I'm going to get no tattoos. Uh, loads of tattoos. Um, but and I talk like this because I'm in Longford. <laughs> is, is that how you think Longford people say? You sound exa- when we go When we go back oh, to your house, Oh, I turn into like, a pure fucking... Mommy! 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 Yvonne is worse. Yeah. Yvonne, but, I but Yvonne's got Yvonne a hybrid. Yvonne's like Cork and Longford yeah. mixed together. Um, when I go home, I know I'm going home this weekend, and when I come back, I'm going to be like, "Hot the bird, be little." Seems oh, like I'm back up. Why is it all of your accents sound like you're trying to do a Nor Northern Ireland accent? Because that's how I feel okay. in my soul and what I want to do. Um, I have a medical question that's unrelated to the story, but I just want to ask. Go. Now, if anyone on the podcast can help me, I've got a great big lump <laughs> on the foot, and I didn't hurt my leg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, describe this lump. They're really swollen. Look. Where? Look, you can see it. Did you not ask your mum when you were there today? No, he's not a doctor. Yeah, but he could have been like... Someone just said to him, here, listen. have a look. Uh, put your hands in that bag of marbles here. <laughs> now you have the gift. <laughs> That's how I used to get fixed when I was a child. <laughs> my mother was... My mother Tell the story, actually. Tell the story of... Uh, I have two cure stories. The cure... I have two cure stories. This is, lad, Here's my first I cure would, story. Hang on. Usually we talk about Dublin things and Emma's always like, Dublin's shithole, it's kip. They're all fucking eating their young hair. I want you to hear this story. So I had, gross, this is gross. When I was younger, I had really bad verrucas all over the bottom of my feet. I should put a trigger warning before this one anyway. I had, Why? like, because people are like, there's like people that are ter- like, have genuine phobias of tr- warts and, and verrucas. It's like a thing. But anyway, I had verrucas all over Get my feet. Off your horse. And I got them from going to the scumbag pool in Longford. So they're exactly where I said, got them. Because I asked mom about Lily's verruca. Yeah. And I said to my mom, I never had a verruca. And she was like, Sarah, what are you talking about? She's like, you had loads of verrucas. Really? So you got them from the swimming pool? Yeah. Because that's where I got mine. And they were so so bad and my mum kept bringing me to the doctor and he would give me like creams and he couldn't freeze them because there's too many of them Aww. like my feet were like it was like fucking I was, I'd been buried in Pompeii like it was disgusting Aww. and it was really bad on my right foot and I couldn't walk and my mum was like right we're going to get the cure so I was like send I don't know what that is <laughs> clearly witchcraft let's do it so I went to this lady and man a man and a wife and they man were and a, yeah, a man and a wife and they were in this this house that I, I love this house did you ever see those houses from like the like 30s in America but they're on the, like the stilts yes they had one of those houses oh it's fucking cool as shit and we went there they were clearly minted like like Sarah and we went there and <laughs> I was like I hope one day I have a friend who's this rich and we went into the house and we chat my mum chatted to them and then they had a look at my feet and she I think she blessed my feet I think oh, nonsense and then she made me write my name in a book nonsense and then I wasn't and I let, she said to me, write your name in the book and don't think about your feet. She's like, just forget about it. Don't think about it. Ignore it. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I went home and I didn't think about it. And a week later, I did not have a single verruca on my feet. Fuck! Explain it. Oh, Explain did it. she give you anything? Explain it. Did she give you Nothing. anything? Nothing. Explain it. All we had to do is she didn't want money, but we could bring her a gift. So my mum brought her like a box of chocolates and a bottle of wine. She's like, we, they, do, we, they were like, we don't accept money. We're not taking money off you. So my mum bought her a box of chocolates. Explain it. Explain where my, my verrucas for nearly a year and within a week they were gone. I'll explain it. Go. Verrucas and warts are psychosomatic and the more... No, they're not. She's, yes, they are. They're not. Yes, they are. She was like, don't think about... You should have seen my feet. I wish I had a picture. It was fucking disgusting. If you want to see Emma's feet, there's medical pictures online. If you want to see my feet, we're going to start an only feet. Only feet. <laughs> only feet and hands. Oh, only, only feet, feet and, and hands. hands. And then my second cure was when I had ringworm. And I was in, living in Mullingar, because my father was a layabout. 
we were living in Mungar and I got ringworm and my mother was like... To, why does Mungar have to do anything when you're not being a label? Because it's a fucking label. I just oh, wanted okay. to get that in there also okay. in the song. And the song label. this evening. <laughs> it's very funny and it mentions my father. So we, I went to get the cure and the lady... It was on this part was of my Was that not the same lady? No, it's a different lady. This How is, many ladies are knocking there, around I've been, your I've area? had two cures. So I had the ringworm just like my inner... Arm. Back, my inner arm, the opposite side of your elbow. So my inner arm... Divot. Yeah, it was really sore. You ditch. You ditch. It was really sore. I remember how it was gross. I had ringworm. So I was out fucking playing horses and shit and got ringworm. And uh, she got her wedding ring and she dipped it in this thing. I don't know what it was, but it stung the fuck out of me. And she rubbed it on it and said a prayer. And then I went home and then a couple days later it was gone. Now, I don't, I feel like that one might have just like ran its course. But the Veruca one. But ringworm doesn't run its course. I don't know. Two, ringworm she, two is cures. contagious. I too Highly contagious. And I'm telling you, the, the feet one is psychosomatic. Because Sarah, I, had, I had, okay. It's not psychosomatic. Not the getting of it. No. The getting it, of it is absolutely. I was 10. I thought about that shit constantly after she said it to me. I was like, I thought about it more because I thought she was a witch. So I immediately went home and was like, I was in a witch's house because it was yeah. on stilts as I, well. And you were like, I was in a witch's house and now I'm, I'm going to be drink her and, um And that's what I went. Anyway. There, and Emma's always talking shit about Dublin people. Always talk. I, I tell know. you what, no one in Dublin brought me to fucking see no witch. No, do you know what I brought to the doctor. <laughs> did you? No, you didn't. No. They were like, go out and play in the fucking garbage pail there. No, now. I got brought to the doctor because it was free then. Yeah, that's true. I brought to the um, doctor all the time. But actually, my mum. Sarah, ran- get down to the doctor. <laughs> my mum rang me the other day to tell me my uncle Tom had shingles, and I said I know exactly where this conversation Should is going. Sent him for the I cure? said, did you go to the doctor? No, you went for the cure. Of course, I did. All right, ma'am. Shingles is very dangerous. Yeah, Colin had it a while ago. And that's stress. Yeah, he was like really sick with that. Yeah. And then he got really mad at me because um, I said... If someone I know had shingles uh, many, many years ago... Did you ever have shingles? It's warm. Oh! Wasn't there a point where the doctor was like, I think you've got shingles? Yeah, like that rings a bell with you. Um, I don't think it was shingles, but... I've had loads of things. You anyway, and um, was this one yeah. person I know, he got shingles. And he was very sick. And but, he died. No, he didn't die. <laughs> But I didn't really realise how bad shingles were. Yeah. And he was supposed to have a house party. Yeah. We had the house party without him. And I told everybody I had to clap. Sarah, you're a cunt. <laughs> Still to this day, he says to An me. An absolute cunt. Whenever we see pictures of it, he's like, you told everybody I had to clap. And I was really hurt by that. And I'm like, listen, it was a fucking laugh and a half. We had a great time. We had the lols. But anyway, that's my story about the cure. Sarah's story about the clap. What is the clap? <laughs> uh, the clap is... Is the clap gonorrhea or syphilis? Gonorrhea. It's gonorrhea. It's not syphilis. Are you sure? Positive. I remember Gary telling me before he knew a guy that had syphilis. Don't say his name. Because Colin knows him. You, you, you know, I'll tell you later who it is. Mm, he's syphilis. Mm. Like, bad. Anyway. <laughs> Make sure you get... Doesn't uh, syphilis your brain? Yeah. So they they call him crazy... His name, but I'm not going to tell you his name. Yeah. Anyway, go to get your STDs checked. There's no shame in no, having a no dirty shame. dick. Hey, listen. Wash your penis. Wear a condom. There's some whores in this house. Jesus There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. <laughs> um, wash your penis before you put it in a lady's mouth or vagina. Wear a condom. Cardi B says you should brush your teeth oh, before you suck a dick. Why? Because then the dick is in your dirty mouth. I have to say, I don't agree with most things Cardi B says. Um, 
Oh, is that like because you whatever if you have something in your mouth you might pass it to his penis and then if he has sex if you've got like she was like her point was valid and I've never talked about it anyway she was like don't be suck a dick unless you brush teeth brush teeth before you suck a dick because he you suck his dick then he has sex with you and then you got his dirty your own dirty mouth bacteria on the top of his penis inside of your vagina and she was like and then she was like screaming in her front garden being like that's why your pH level be off and I was like. She might be right. She might be right. Mm. Okay, Cardi B. Well, I, d I couldn't listen to that song because I am an old lady. There's and some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. I hate that word that's used for vagina. I can't We're even say No. <laughs> Good for them, though. They're making money and they should be allowed to do it because men have been singing about see, uh, vaginas Russell for Brand years. Mansplaining. Oh, you Russell Brand. Put a top on that covers your chest, sir. I don't need to see this anymore. <laughs> Can't deal with him like um, Colin thinks fucking hilarious. Does Colin think? But he hasn't been hilarious. He hasn't been hilarious in a very long time because no. he's like, I'm Jesus. I'm really. He, before this, he thought he was Jesus. Now he really thinks he's he Jesus. He's uh, on a higher level. Like fuck off, Russell Brand. He's very you were preaching. sticking your dick in anything that moved for twenty and listen, years. I don't like Katy Perry, but you didn't need to like break up with her the way you did. Sarah has a real problem with this. That's like <laughs> the cruelest thing I've ever I'm, seen. I haven't seen it, so I you don't know what happened. Me. We watched it no, together. It wasn't me. I haven't seen that it wasn't me. I think um, it was Nikita that was with you, it wasn't me. Oh yeah, maybe Nikita yeah. made me watch it because I would never watch it. Because why the fuck would I watch a Katy Perry documentary? Because I think, I thought maybe I told you about it and then we watched no, it. No, you told it. me about it. You told me that she he rang her or something? She was on tour and she was in the middle of a show. And he rang her? And he rang her, if not in the middle, just before. She's like lying down getting like the glam. And he rang her and like literally was like, I'm leaving you and we're getting divorced. And she like sobs and what then hangs the up fuck? and is like, right, I got to go do the show. Because like literally there's people in the stadium. Oh, it's during the show. Yes. Like actual show. Yes. Fuck, dude. What? The and he knew? He knew. Well, you know what? He's a piece of shit. It's almost as bad as Phil Collins ba. divorced his wife. Over facts. Facts. If I ever want to leave you, I'm going to send you facts. I don't have a fucking fax machine. You have one at work. Do you have my fax number? Yeah. I'm not giving it to you. It's public notice. Tell Emma to go fuck herself. <laughs> Emma, Tell this, Emma. This just came in for you, Emma. <laughs> Emancipation. <laughs> you don't need to emancipate yourself. You can just fuck off. Okay, should I do the story of this poor woman who was murdered? Yes. The murder of Eileen Costo Shaughnessy. Information. Irish Times. Connacht Tribune. Tribune uh, Reddit. Garda.ie. Irish Independent. YouTube. There's a document, it's not a documentary, it's like a short TV show about um, cold cases and I, if you type in Eileen's name, you'll find it. So, there we go. We'll bust, we'll bust from. Eileen Costello O'Shaughnessy was born in Corfin, County Galway in 1950. Eileen was a Is mother of... Colin's parents' houses? No, they've a house in Spittle. Okay. Spittle. Eileen was a mother of two and after separating amicably from her Garda husband... Yeah, right. Bah, 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 Eileen and her son, uh, Damien... They're going to sue you now for that little noise. <laughs> allegedly. And daughter Susan moved into Eileen's mother mother's house in Corfin. Eileen had her children at a younger, younger age, uh, her early 20s, and she had her daughter when she was like 20 and her son when she was 22, and her children pretty much grew up with her. Um, Eileen was described as an attentive daughter and also a very devoted mother. So in her mid-40s, Eileen decided to try a new career and at age 43 became a taxi driver. Um, according to Eileen's family, she loved her job and enjoyed the hours spent on the road. So... This is really sad. Eileen's son Damien stated that the job suited his mother as she was very much a people person and loved talking and meeting new people. People. Aww. Yeah, she's a cutie. Uh, she's so, it's so 1980s, her picture. 
she has like that really tight poodle perm and the big glasses. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so Should 80s, my man. Mom. My mom yeah. had that hair. Like, I'm sorry, the 80s was tragic. Like, of all the eras, going from like the 40s up to the 90s, the 80s was the most tragic fucking era For of fashion. fashion. It's so, like they went from like the 60s and 70s, which was stunning, to this garbage. To like. Yeah. Big padded things with an oversized top and then a little waist and then a skirt that went down to there and like a poodle perm. My mum had like a full Hideous. on solid poodle perm. And it's just this green quilted. So in the winter she used to wear this green quilted full floor length duffel coat. What? But the duffel coat, it was, when I say green, I mean pea green. Right. And it had two West Highland Terriers <laughs> on it. In repeat. And you know what? If that was in a vintage store right now, they'd be selling it for like 200 quid. And the uh, West Highland Terriers had a gold detail on their collar and leash. That kind of sounds awesome, dude. Uh, no, it was absolutely, it was honestly the most, even as a kid, I used to be like, what are you wearing? My mum like, used to wear child. those uh, shell seats. So like the My mum never had a shell suit. My mom, I remember in England, oh, she had a shell suit. I used to wear like denim skirts and those like kitten heel slingback yes. heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had um, a poodle pair, but my mum's hair was like auburn. Really? And yeah, my mum's natural hair is like auburn. Oh, it's not Oh, nice. And um, she would always wear like an oversized like jacket on top. Right. Um, I have to say, my mum in the like early 80s, uh, late 70s, she was stunning. Yeah, yeah. Like, even because she was like, when when they got married, my mom wore like a three-piece suit. I remember you telling me that, yeah. yeah. And she was like a punk. She had like a pink, a purple streak in her hair. And um, like, she had like the most stylish haircuts. But yeah, the 80s were a bad time. But it was that tragic. Coat, I always think about that coat. She says that her mom gave it to her. Because we didn't have much money and it was so cold in the winter. When she, we used to stand at the bus she stop, she used to put us inside it. Oh, stop. Yeah. That's very sweet. Because I think I said to her, um, why were you wearing that ugly jacket? And then I think she was like, well, wait until I make you feel bad. Wait until I make you feel like a fucking piece of shit, you little like, grateful well, I was bitch. embarrassed getting on the bus with you. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, I forgot where I was now. Uh, oh yeah, Eileen, see, yeah, I said that, blah, blah, blah. Eileen was only one of 12 female taxi drivers in Ireland at this time. 12? Fuck. Isn't that crazy? I'd say there's still only 12. Oh, there's an array. I don't, I can't, honestly cannot remember the last time I got a female taxi driver around here. Like, I genuinely don't remember. Like, when we were in the States, we got tons of Ubers and... Uh, and in Northern Ireland, we got a lady. Yeah, but I've done, I've never gotten, like, a, like even on, uh, you know, that free app, the taxi app? Yeah. It's only dudes. Damien's 10 dudes. minutes away. Oh, mine always have, like, uh, Philip is only up the road. Philip is two seconds away. Where are you? You should get that call. Fucking stand where I'm meant to be, Philip. Um, <laughs> um, at the time, and took her job very seriously, accounting for all mileage and making sure all her fares and accounts were completely up to date. So, well, like she was hiding money from the tax she man. Probably was. Had him she said, "Fuck him right." Yeah. Fuck the tax man. Tax man. <laughs> On November thirtieth, nineteen ninety-seven, at around midnight, three bakery workers found an abandoned taxi outside their <gasps> workplace in Leiden House Bakery on the Tomb Road. The three men believed the car was a stolen vehicle, so decided they would, quote, move it to a safer place. I find this very strange. One of the men sat into the driver's seat of the car, and when he reached his hand to start the car, he, like, put his hand on the passenger seat and put his hand in to start the car. Um, He touched something wet, and when he drew his hand back to the light, he noticed a red substance covering his fingers, and he quickly realised it was blood. So, like, they said that, like, the steering wheel had blood on it, but then the seat, the passenger seat, was literally soaked in blood. Like he said, when he put his hand down, it was like, it was like someone had sprayed water all over it. And where was the car from? Outside Leiden's Bakery on the Tomb Road. 
I don't know what that is. I presume it's, I don't know if it's still open. Um, so the employees of Leiden's Bakery immediately called the Gardaí, informing them of where the taxi was and what they had found. So the taxi was found, but Eileen obviously wasn't in the taxi. So on Sunday, the 30th of November, <coughs> Eileen went out to work as usual at 8am. Eileen worked the day shift in Galway City. And as the evening wore on and Eileen had failed to clock off her shift, her boss became concerned. So at 8pm, Eileen had contacted the base to let them know she was taking a final fare from Key Street to Clare Galway, a journey that would take about 20 minutes usually. Mm. Eileen, who was always very, very prompt and on time, did not arrive to meet the owner of the taxi on Dyke Road at the arranged time of 9pm to hand over the keys and he immediately began to worry. So she was always like, I'll be there at 9 and she was always there at 9. Or I'll be there at 8 and she was always there at 8. And so was she sharing someone's she, taxi? So they, she rented the car off this oh, guy. Oh, okay. So she had her own car. So she would meet this guy, give him the taxi and then get into her own car and drive home. So I don't know. Is that like a thing? Taxi driver's Yeah, so you can like, uh, because it's very expensive to have a Actually, medallion. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so what uh, guys who have medallions tend to rent them out. So do they still do that? Yeah, as long as you have your PSV license. You can do it's that. not as, and so like, it's it's the same thing that happened in New York, but not on the same scale. But essentially, people lost. Yeah, so much money. Remember that tax driver told us he lost like we were in New York and he told us he lost nearly a million dollars. Well, people in New York in particular um, had to, so a taxi medallion in New York was worth an absolute fortune. It's crazy, isn't it? And taxi medallion in Ireland was probably worth the equivalent, but without the inflation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I know people in Ireland that like remortgaged their houses, yeah. took out all of their pension money so that they could own Get their own tax return. And then the um, tax authority just completely devalued it. And not only that, when you think about it now, it doesn't mean anything because you can literally... Well, the lads in America in particular are much worse They're than the guys like... in Ireland because our taxi regulator hasn't allowed Uber or They're not going to let it. Uber was, Uber was stopped in London, you know that? Yeah. They were already in London. Um, see, in Northern Ireland, the taxi man, you have to be a taxi man to be Uber. Yeah, that's what um, the guys say. And so the taxi well. man... And it's I, a lot of them don't like it, but they they're on board with yeah. it to a degree. But over here it won't be. But yeah, so what had tended to happen, and what still happens is that it, once you have your PSV license, yeah. which you have to apply for, and once you have your PSV insurance, you can uh, drive a taxi. You can then rent a taxi uh, off a person. Because I remember when Gar's dad got his, you know, the thing on the top of the car. Mm. Oh my god, it was so fucking expensive. I can't remember how much, but I remember being like, what? Like, genuinely taken aback at how much he had paid for it. All of those lads, like, anything to do with taxiing is quite expensive. Like, their insurance is not cheap. Insurance in in, uh, the UK for taxi drivers is so much cheaper compared to here. Like, an average insurance in the north and in the UK costs, like, between £1,400 and £1,600. Jesus. That's cheap. That's standard. What's that, like, two and a half grand here? No, it'd be like two two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand euro. Um here taxi insurance is like in the tens of thousands. Yeah, like. I remember Garth's dad telling me how much it cost. Uh side note, I saw somebody uh the other day around here who obviously because I didn't know this, but clearly it's not, because I thought buying black cabs and using them for personal use in this country was illegal. But they had a black cab and they painted yeah. it they they spray painted it lavender. Oh fucking gorgeous. I was Why like, I had a black cab. Oh my god. Um, I really want a black cab that's like my dream car if I could drive. Anyway, here we go. Uh, so the taxi owner and Eileen's boss, he was her boss as well, Christy O'Neill, contacted Eileen's family to ask if she'd returned home when her family advised that they'd not seen Eileen since early morning. So she left at 8am. She's usually kind of home like half seven and she didn't arrive she back. She had like 10 hour shifts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eileen was a fucking 
go get her. She was. But like she took breaks during the day and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like she took lunch breaks and did her own little thing and stuff. No, absolutely not. Uh, Eileen's co-workers, who for some reason did not contact the guardie. So when they thought that she was missing at like 9pm, were like, just didn't bother us contacting the guardie. I don't know why they began searching for her. They searched for a number of hours until, as I mentioned above, her taxi was found outside Leiden's bakery. So the guards didn't find this taxi. The guards didn't even know she was missing. They were searching for her. And then three bakery workers found this car and rang the guards while her colleagues were still searching for her. Mm. Strange. Uh, so the guardie now began their search for Eileen. Uh, there was a great deal of worry due to, due to the condition of the car. Eileen's brother said, quote, we um, had no sleep that night whatsoever, but at all times we feared the worst because of all the blood in the car. So it was like soaked. Um, the Gardaí family and friends searched throughout the night, but at midday the next day, December 1st, Christmas again. Aww. That was fucking Christmas. Everyone's worst fears were realised. A farmer who was feeding his animals discovered the badly beaten body of a woman at Tinker's Lane near Nocdemore off the N17. And it was Eileen. So the guardian now had two scenes. They had the scene where the taxi was found. And, and also how far away was the taxi? So that she was a good like 20, 25 minutes drive from the body. So she was found on the lane and then the taxi was found over this, over near Chim. So I'll tell you so what. Oh. I'll tell you what. The guardian now had two scenes where the taxi was found and also where Eileen's body had been found. Uh, so a force of 60 guardian were involved in the investigation. Guardy questioned Eileen's family and found that they could not see any reason why their mother, sister and daughter could ever be attacked or why anyone would ever want to hurt her. On the 2nd of December, Eileen's body was removed from the scene and sent to University College Hospital in Galway. And a full postmortem was carried out by state pathologist John Harbison. Hmm. What a man, what a man. It was found that Eileen had been assaulted and suffered severe brain injuries, which were the Jesus. cause of her death. She'd been beaten to death with a blunt instrument, Fuck. but she'd not been sexually abused. So they kind of assaulted. They kind of assumed that maybe it was a sexual based crime, but she wasn't assaulted. But he basically beat, beat her, her to death with the taxi. Like, how the fuck would you do that? I just, oh, the city of Galway and the town of Carfin were utterly devastated by Eileen's murder. She was a well-known and very well-liked person and nobody could believe something so violent and horrific could happen at all, let alone to someone as kind as Eileen. The guardie advised that Eileen was beaten to death inside the taxi. He then dumped her body in Tinker's Lane and drove the taxi back to Leiden's bakery. So he murdered her in the taxi, threw her out of the car and then decided to drive the car back to Leiden's bakery. Some money was found in Eileen's car. So the guardie believed the motive was not theft that went wrong. Because some people were like, oh, he probably just wanted the money. She said no when he beat her and took the money. But money was found in the car. Why said he? Huh? Of course it was a man. Of course it was a man. Let's not fucking beat around the bush here. Who was a man? However, Eileen's brother believes that that was not the case. Because um, as per Eileen's meticulous, meticulous fare records, as I was saying earlier, she would have made between 80 and 90 pounds in the evening in question. And this amount was not found. So it was only like a certain amount. How was much found. was found? The guardian said that her coin box was still there and it was opened. And then they found like a couple of notes. But the brother was like, she would have made about 80 quid that night. So where was that? Leading Eileen's family to believe that she was murdered for less than £100. Fuck! Everything is garbage. The guardie began to try and find a motive for Eileen's murder. They did not believe robbery was the motive. So the guardie were like, it was not money. This was, they just fully believed that she wasn't murdered for money. And then the brother and the family were like, no, she definitely was. It was theft. So it's a weird thing. I don't know. Like, I feel like it wasn't money. Hmm, it's yeah, like, like, cause I feel like I just don't, I don't like, listen, shit happens when people are like, 
desperate. Yeah. But the amount of force, like the violence, a, a, the violence, and then like being that close. Yeah. How difficult it would be to continuously like yeah. Do you know what I mean? Swing your arm over and over again just in bizarre. a car, like for seven. Like I struggle putting on my seatbelt. <laughs> um. The Guardi received, so this is why I don't think it's theft. So the Guardi received information that there had been people seen around Eileen's taxi as, as it was parked outside Leiden's bakery before the bakery workers had found it. So Superintendent Tony Finnerty said, quote, in the course of the investigation, it came to our knowledge that youths, and he said it like this, he was like, in the course of our investigation, there was youths outside the car, uh, passed the car in front of Lydon's Bakery. One of them put their hand in through the front window of the car, which was opened, and stole Eileen's phone and cigarettes. So if they stole her phone and cigarettes, why wouldn't they steal ADR that was sitting there? So the teenagers later told Gardy that they had in fact taken Eileen's phone, so they did do it, and that the battery wasn't working, so they threw away the phone. They like smashed it on the ground. So clearly they took the fucking money. But they yeah. didn't want to say that. Like if they took the phone and the cigarettes and the car is empty, they're going to be like, it's taxi, see if there's any money in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Gardy then tried to piece together Eileen's fares on the day of the murder. At around midday, Eileen took a break for lunch and went to see her mother. She then continued on to Galway City where she met a friend for tea. Eileen's friend said they spoke about Christmas and her nephew returning from Australia. Poor lady. At around 6pm, Eileen was picked up on CCTV in Supermax. I love a Supermax. You do. Chicken fillet burger, chips and milkshake. No. I'm, do you know what? The next time we're anywhere no. near Supermax. Yes. No. Fucking delicious. I've only ever had Supermax when I was drunk. And you know it's bad because even when I was drunk I didn't like it. You're coming. Houston Station Supermax whenever it opens up again. If it ever opens up again. Is it closed? Yeah I presume so. No. Nothing's open. open. Nothing's open in Houston. Like nothing's open in Connolly. You can go like Easton's. That's it. Oh okay. Anyway. I'm bringing you there. We're going to get the train like Colin does. Six burgers. Six burgers. Straight to Explain it. to the people what six burgers is. Colin came home one evening. And uh, one night he's locked. And I said, what were you doing? And he said, uh, I was getting six burgers. Said, is this like a burger place? Is this a new burger place? I don't know about Five guys. Five guys. Six burgers. Six burgers. And he was like, no, I go to McDonald's and I buy six burgers, a euro each and eat them all in one go. So that's six burgers. That's an eating disorder, that's Colin. A, yeah. He was like, six burgers. So from now, anytime I talk about anything now, I'm always like, six burgers. The other thing that Colin does that's genius, me and Emma and Colin live in a place that's like, not close to anything. Yeah, middle of fucking Um and Colin gets the train to Euston Station <laughs> as a pint and a burger. And a Supermax. In super- I told Graham this, yeah. and Graham was like, that's a great that's idea. Great idea, and he comes home. Yeah. It's six minutes Colin, on the train. Colin, if you ever want Graham to go with you, he'd really like to Bring go. him for a Supermax. Graham loves Colin. Supermax. He's always talking about Chicken filler burger, chips, milkshake, and then do you know what? what? Chocolate muffin. Heat it up. Vanilla ice cream on the top. Let me tell you, sir, you have not lived like I have. No, I'm bringing you Supermax, please. Supermax is one sponsor this episode. <laughs> Tempting and tempting We're number food 18. at Supermax. That, what's the song going like? Tasty and tempting food at Supermax. Oh, I have been in Supermax and Air, Supermax and Air Square. The best Supermax, is full of the, drunk people. Is that the one she was yeah, in? Yeah, the one in Air Square. Okay. That's where she was. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm bringing you Supermax. We're going to get a chicken for the burger. Yeah, we are. It's happening. She's making disgusting. You're on my Teddy Rockets today. Says so you're one that you say that Texas fucking fried chicken place. Listen, if anybody knows <laughs> anything about fucking Crumlin and Dublin, the best place to get any kind of fried chicken is Texas fried chicken. Where they, they have do. bulletproof glass outside. They have bullet. Well, it's gone now. It used to be in Crumlin, but now it's now it's in Fingless. Lads, um, the devastation. I, you, you've no idea. Anyway, 
like my confirmation I my mom was like where do you want to go most kids are like Joelle's I was like your Texas fried chicken. chicken they give you your uh, chicken through the hatch that they give you in the garage muck <laughs> 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 absolute fucking muck and she's the and then it makes her violently ill after yeah. she eats it so like another then, uh, text, uh, last Texas fried chicken story um, many years ago I was in hospital I had surgery I was in hospital for like oh, I think it was three weeks at this point and Michaela my sister who is so lovely and sweet at times not all the time but this time in particular was like can I do anything for you and I was like could you sneak me out of hospital and get me Texas fried chicken because I can't live in hospital food anymore so she snuck me out in the back of the car whack, into Texas fried chicken Texas fried chicken in the bag edit in the car and then I got back to the hospital so ill yep for three days yep they tested me for MRSA <laughs> and I had to stay in hospital for another week <laughs> because of the fucking dirty gravy that they slopped up off the ground and I'm put into it. it again tomorrow. <laughs> I, if you said to me, Sarah, this is going to make you throw up, I would be like, I don't care. I know you don't. Put it, it in my body. Me. Put it in a syringe. Like whenever we go anywhere it. and I'm like, it's going to make you sick, you're like, it's fine. That's grand. 20 minutes later. It's the life I've decided Green. She's choose. fucking green. Like I understand why heroin addicts do <laughs> they do. Text frat chicken. Okay, let's back to Eileen. So, uh, da, 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 da. She, was she was in Supermax getting a, ch- a chicken filler burger. At 7.30pm, Eileen picked up her last fare. This was the fare to Claire Galway and where Eileen met her attacker. There were a number of incidents. So it's the last fare, not the attacker. The last fare was the attacker. So she picked him up at half seven. She rang the base at half seven and was like, this is my last fare, blah, 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 blah. So they were like, right, it's 20 minutes from this place to Claire Galway. So she should be finished at 8pm. She told me to finish. So then when she didn't contact Ring the base at 8, they were like, that's weird. And then at 9pm, she was meant to meet your man and she didn't turn up. So the guy was like, where the fuck is she? And they couldn't get her. She had a little mobile phone. A little 1997 Aww. mobile phone. Flip, 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 flip. Do you um, mobile phones back in the day? Well, yeah. They were really... I remember I had a block Nokia. You know, this block Nokia. The black one? Yeah, snakes on it. Yeah, I never had Nokia. Speak to me. That's Couldn't how I'd answer it. No, you wouldn't. Speak to me. I would. Say, uh, I'd no friends. Hello? Hello? Here, listen. I only have <laughs> five... Bi- oh, beep, beep. Ring me back! <laughs> Remember those fucking call me messages? The president, blah, blah, blah. I'd like you to come. Father. Blah, blah, blah. My father. Is that his wife? Was that his wife, was it? Still his wife. He's a chief cunt. <laughs> Sends me call me messages. Antor he is sorry. a grown <laughs> man. He doesn't have a bank account. He's living off the grid. Maybe he's fucking right. At the end days... He's living off me. He's not off living off the grid. Well, whose fault is that? I love I love the bones. I love the bones. Of them. I There were a number of incidents that occurred around the time of Eileen's disappearance that the Gardaí began to investigate. Now, this is where I'm like, get a fucking grip. And all are still investigating almost 23 years after Eileen's disappearance. Right. So on the Garda.ie website, they have the following information. So at 8.30 p.m., on the N17, close to Tinker's Lane, a woman with blonde hair, now Eileen wasn't blonde, she was dark hair, was seen walking in the direction of Galway against oncoming traffic. She was at the hard shoulder and appeared in a, in a distract, distracted or distressed state. This woman has never been identified. So that was weird enough. So secondly, at 8.45pm, a motorist observed Eileen's taxi, a silver Toyota Carina registration number can I say this? Yeah. yeah, 97G6663. Driving erratically on the N17 towards Galway. As the cars approached um, Leader Shop, the motorist overtook the taxi and saw a man with a beard driving it. The taxi turned left into Leiden House Bakery, 
This man has never been identified and the guardy believe this is the man who murdered Eileen. <gasps> so somebody saw him in the taxi. Am um, I got a little chills? Yes. Yeah. So this is all on the guardy.ie website at around 9pm. But for some reason then he doesn't have a beard. But I, when you said that I was like, is Bob from Twin Peaks? Do you know who had a beard? Yeah. My father. It's probably him. Where was he? He was dead by then, wasn't he? No. He was wasn't. he not? No, he wasn't. 1997. He was off with his hookers. At around 9 I would just as uh, listen Emma's I don't know anything about Emma's dad Sarah would like to say well, I don't think he killed there's a woman and I think maybe I we know. shouldn't uh, put that out there I don't know he's dead anyway it's fine at around 9pm a man was seen jumping want to dig up his body for the DNA <laughs> I give I am a McCormick give full permission to dig up my father's body for the DNA and the potential murder of Eileen <laughs> that's what I was talking about at around 9pm oh my god a man was go back to therapy <laughs> She means I to do. Come She's on holidays for two weeks, and I'm having several breakdowns. Yeah, look. Yeah, I'm having several breakdowns. Um, at around nine p.m., a man was seen jumping down from a wall close to Lighthouse Bakery and walking in the direction of Galway. This is the man. And did he have a beard? He was wearing a jacket and carrying small canvas bark. This man also had a beard and has never been identified. What is this him? This is him. Finally, a small red car was seen at two a.m. at Tinker's Lane, where Eileen's body was found. The car had reversed up the laneway and had the parking lights on. The occupants of this car have never been identified either. So they have four times when the person or persons that murdered Eileen was basically seen, and no one can find them. It's ludicrous. Like imagine being the family, being like, "So you know, you know what he looks like, and you, you... Galway's not that big." The Guardi spoke to hundreds of people, people but found no, no leads. Nearly 3,000 statements were taken and colleagues of Eileen's put up a reward of £25,000 for oh. any information pertaining to the case. Like, they're dev- they were devastated. Absolutely devastated, like. Um, so, a year after Eileen's murder, so basically the cold, case went cold. They couldn't find anybody, even though they had all this. A year after Eileen's murder, Lorna Siggins from the Irish Times, this is actually a really good article as well, spoke to Eileen's mother, Nora. Nora described Eileen as witty and vibrant and that she loved music and she loved people and that she was fearless. Nora said that she is still utterly heartbroken, that nothing has healed and she feels it will not until Eileen's murderer is found. Nora stated that the Gardaí were being so helpful and were keeping in touch with her. Nora said, quote, oh, I never move out of the house now, apart from the grave at Kilmaloyne Cemetery, but I'm afraid not to answer the door. There might be some news but then there rarely is. It seems as if it would take a miracle for whoever is responsible to be found. So this is really weird, right? At this point, a year after Eileen's murder, the Guardi cast a wider net in their investigation. The detectives began speaking to a man who was being held in Brixton Prison in London. Guess who was in London? Your dad. My father. Jesus. Kathleen, we have to have a talk. We have to have a chat. We have to have a chat, Kathleen. Listen, ring the cards. I'll ring the bell. What's the number? <laughs> How much do we yeah. get? <laughs> 25 grand. And then apparently uh, the Crime Stoppers added another five grand onto that. So then it was £30,000 for anybody that information. Wow. Yeah. but nobody. So Brixton? Brixton in London. There's this guy in prison in Brixton in London. The man had already admitted to the murder of one man, the attempted murder of another, and was being held in connection with the murder of his then-girlfriend. So a fucking scumbag. He had been, he had been in Galway at the time of Eileen's murder. However, once again, this investigation... Turned up nothing. Did he have a beard? Probably did. Did your dad have a beard? My dad had a beard. Did he have a ginger beard? Full beard. No, he had a black beard. Did I sound like I was from Northern Ireland? He did. Did like, your dad have a beard? Did <laughs> your dad have a beard? They're rubbing off me. I am um, one of the... He is one of me. And I am one, one of him. 
Uh, so one of the strangest parts of this case is the phone calls Nora said that she and Eileen received on their fo- house phone number a number of weeks before Eileen's murder. So these calls were made in the early hours of the morning and no one spoke throughout the duration. What? Nora said she would wait to hear her voice but none would come and the caller would eventually hang up. So they kept getting these calls at like five o'clock in the morning and the two of them were like, what the fuck is going on? No one would speak and then they'd hang up. So after Eileen's death, the calls continued for a little while. What? So, like, after Eileen died for, like, a week, she would get these calls. Then on one occasion, when Nora answered the phone, she heard a woman's weeping voice repeating, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The guardie traced the call to a phone box in West Dublin. Scumbags! But nothing else came of it. I've got them. I know! It's horrible. So some, like, a woman rang and was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. hairs on the back of my neck. So the guards were like, obviously the guards were like, right, we'll trace this. Phone box in West Dublin. Nothing. And the, Nora, her mum, is so sweet. She was like, I think it might have just been someone feeling bad for us. And I was like, oh, I don't know now, Nora. Poor old Nora. So in 2013... And did that in, ever happen again? Did she ever get No, that was call? it. Never happened again. That was it. Just to say, I'm sorry, just I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She was like weeping down the phone. And then the guardie were like, we have to trace this. So the guardie traced it. And then it went to a phone box in West Dublin. But then Nora... Eileen, and it was a man and a woman in the red car? Yes. So, like, obviously, Steve, like, I feel like there, maybe your woman was in the car, there was a guy that did it and the woman was in the car and they were, like, desperate and they just did this thing and then, like, I don't know if it was pre-med, I, I don't know if they knew her. The guards never said if they, the whole thought that, you know, the guards do this, were always like, oh, we think they knew, we, they knew who the killer was. But they never said people, that. Like, but yeah, uh, like, 90% of yeah. people who are killed know their murder. Know who's doing it to them, but, like, that's the thing, I'm like, do they know, why would they, why would they You have to walk me to the car. Why would they <laughs> I've been dead. Okay, stories. well, I won't get down. And then you have to walk back by yourself. <laughs> so then we're in the call exact him, same predicament. No, I may call him come with me. So in 2013 and 2016, Gardy once again appealed for any information leading to the capture of Eileen's killer. As of today, no further information has been attained and the case remains unsolved. So Eileen's son, daughter, sorry, Eileen's son Damien and her daughter Susan, Susan said that the loss of their mother is indescribable and the pain they feel even years after it is still as raw as the day it happened. Susan said that their grandmother, Nora, had almost shrunk in front of them after Eileen died, that the devastation was completely overbearing. Eileen's brother, Martin, told of their mother losing her first daughter a number of months after she was born, and then she lost Eileen. So it's really sad. She had two girls and they're both dead. So 11 years after Eileen's mother, Nora passed away. Murder, sorry, Nora passed away. Damien, Eileen's son, believes Nora died from old age and a broken heart. He believes she lived for as long as she did because she hoped every day someone someone would be brought to justice for her daughter's brutal killing. But unfortunately, that did not happen. Eileen's murder remains unsolved, but Gardy has stated they will do everything in their power to find the person responsible. And that was 1997. It's now 2020. Nothing. Nothing. And because so many of these cases happen and they get solved on like the smallest bit of evidence... And this has obviously got, like, DNA. There's going to be fingerprints. Does it have DNA? Yeah, sure. His, like, DNA was in the car. Was it? But they could, yeah. Like, obviously his DNA was in the car. Like, he was in the car with her, beating her to death with a blunt, blunt object. Like, there's going to be DNA. There's going to be hair. There's going to be something. Something's going to be in the fucking car. Like, his fingerprints have to be in the car. Like, I don't believe... Like, I don't know. Was it, like, a fucking... He didn't even think... What, what, what did he have with him that... Because well, if he was carrying a canvas he was carrying, bag, yeah, he was carrying obviously carrying something in it that would do that damage. And like people saw, they saw him. They saw who killed him. He was in the car. He t- he was driving. He t- he obviously made her get into the other side, and then because the blood was in the passenger side, so he obviously. What was he going to put, do to her? 
Maybe he was going to rape her. Maybe, maybe he was. Fought. Maybe she fought him off. Because she seemed, like when they were talking about her, like if you get to watch the thing on YouTube, oh my God, Sarah, I was having a little cry. Her her kids are fucking devastated. Like, they're just, like she's like, my mum, the girl, the poor girl, was like, she's my mum is dead. I don't know what, she, she was like, well, not only is my mum is dead, my mum was murdered. Like, closed coffin. He bludgeoned her. Like, bludgeoned her. So it's just, stop killing people. Like, we wouldn't have a podcast, but we'd be okay with that. We'd do a podcast about... Texas fried chicken. No, because it's more. Uh, but yeah, just I hope... Maybe... Frozen fish fingers and me reviewing them. <laughs> I just you hope... Know, actually, on based on... What? Say what you were going to say. No, I was just saying I hoped... I know it's ridiculous and it probably won't, but... I... But no, that's not true, because so many cases get solved 20, 30 years after they happen. Not happened. in Ireland. No, not in fucking Ireland. With the guard, you're like, we have all this information. This is what he looks like. Yeah. We just don't know where he is. Like, not in Ireland. And like, even that thing with the young lads taking the stuff out of the car. They clearly took the fucking money. They didn't tell you. Like, I am completely conjecture, but like, it sounds like he was planning, like, whatever happened to her, it sounds like the plan was to do something to yes. her. It doesn't sound like the plan was to rob her. And do you think she and fought back And the fact that she was then... in the passenger seat, it sounds like... She was to be brought he somewhere. He was bringing her somewhere as opposed to being like, drive. He was probably like, you get into the passenger seat and I'm going to bring you where I want to bring yeah, you. Yeah, and I'd say that they got the Tinker's Lane. Yeah. And she was just like, she fuck no. Because she seems like a, like, because her mother called her fearless. Yeah, I'd so say she like, seems like, like, at that point was like, fuck no, this isn't happening yeah. to me. And maybe she fought and fought and yeah. maybe he just went, like, if he is a sexual predator. Yeah. Um... And he's a very, like, because sexual predators are very specific. Yeah. So there's, like, sexual predators who are specific that the rapist is, like, when oh. you're alive. Yeah. And that doesn't tend to ever cross over to the other side. No, 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 no. So it just went too far. But it, the woman in the back seat and then the woman in the red yeah. car makes me think that maybe that was, like, someone, maybe that's a sister, maybe that's someone that knew him. And, and maybe they, maybe he brought them back there to be like, I have to get rid of this car, I've done I've this I've done this thing. And then, like, the phone calls with the woman was sobbing saying, I'm sorry. But the phone calls before For she that, died. That's where I thought was, like, did, did she know him? Now, that could be completely unrelated. Well, I don't know if she knew you know him, but I mean? it sounds, okay, this is just, like, my understanding of what I've just been told yeah. is, and from my, like, knowledge of fucking, like, murders is... If someone was ringing their house and that only happened before she yeah. died and then happened after, after she, she died, died and then never happened stopped, again, yeah. then that sounds like someone was watching, was watching her. her. Um, and then Why? if she was a taxi man and had... But no, like, I, if this person had planned to Kill rape her, her yeah. like, whatever, um, I don't think it was a crime of passion. I think this no. was like... I don't think this was like anything like that. I, it's just it sounds so... like someone was watching her, and it sounds like if she's a taxi woman, yeah, it's, it's like so... full access to her. That's a, a so violent, like so unbelievably violent. Like you know when someone shoots someone, which is terrible and violent and awful. But like say you just put a shot in someone's heart and it's they're dead. It's instantaneous. It's instantaneous. You've killed them. But just the idea that, like, I know it's ridiculous. It's like her place of work, and he just beat her to death where she made her money and her livelihood and she loved it. She absolutely loved what she did. And he gave her brain damage. He beat her that badly and then she died. Piece of shit. Rotten hell, motherfucker. My father. No. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, my father did not kill this woman. This is n I'm joking. I shouldn't no. be joking, but she What's in this song that Colin's going to sing? Oh, it's funny. And his dad's a murderer! He, he was in my room today and he's... It's amazing to watch him. He's so fucking quick. I don't know how he does it. Like he's doing... I, I, won't, I won't tell you what it is, but the song. And he was just... He had like obviously the karaoke version and he was just like making the lyrics up in his head and I was in fucking tears sitting on the bed. I was like, how do you do this? Like it's out of nothing. Yeah, no, he has a skill. But he yeah, the, it's, as I said, he gives us three insults and one compliment. Well, I was saying actually in work today, they were talking about giving like constructive criticism. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were saying, um, does anybody know how you would like tell someone like bad piece of information or news about them? Yeah. And I just couldn't stop myself and I knew I shouldn't have said it, but I said it in front of a room of 70 people and I was like, it's called a shit sandwich. <laughs> and a guy was like, sorry. And I was like, it's called a shit sandwich. <laughs> I was like, you tell them something nice. Then you tell them something bad. bad. Then you, you tell, tell them something, something nice. And that's a shit sandwich. Yeah. But that's how you do it. And he was like, that's not what it's called, but that is what I was going to tell you to do. <laughs> Two good things and one bad thing. Yeah. Like, um, and a feces like, sandwich. Yeah. I was like, it's a shit sandwich. Shit sandwich. It just had a uh, two word review. Shit sandwich. Shit for, sandwich. Which uh, from Spinal Tap when they get the review yeah. of the album. It's a two word review. Shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's the sad story of a lovely lady. That's really and sad, shitty and awful, and I just feel. And for I her genuinely poor like that's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Like everything we talk about is terrifying. Most of the things we talk about are terrifying. But you know, when something but happens this... in one of those like kind of remote places, like that ch Tinker's Lane is like just down the side. And of I like that that shit like is ter. I have gotten it. Like I would leave your apartment. Yeah. Get into my car. Yeah. And automatically we'd be like, don't look in the rear yeah. mirror. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because I'm always terrified someone's going to just be looking at me. But it is, me. it is a genuine, like, I think that's, I don't think that's irrational. I don't know why we make this show. I don't know, because we terrify ourselves. I was having really fucked up dreams last night and I can't remember what it was. But I remember I didn't sleep. I fell asleep at like three and I woke up at six or something. And I remember during that duration of the time I woke up and I was like, what the fuck was that dream? Like it was fucked up. I can't remember. And were you doing this yesterday? Yeah. Do you always have bad dreams? Yeah, I have bad dreams things? when I do these because things. I, well, maybe I, we should stop doing. No. What would the podcast be then? Yeah, but it's bad for your mental health. It's I don't want you to be health. awake at yes, night. Yes, you do. You my love it. Babe. You live for you it. Age. Buy you me, age. Buy me a supermax as a. I'm sorry, not buying you a supermax. Tasty Dirt. and tempting food at supermax. Yeah, catchy. It's not catchy. Chicken it's filler burger, really lads. Chicken catchy. filler burger. Tasty and tempting food at supermax. Yeah, but it's like. Tasty and tempting food at Supermax. Super no, it's not. Why are you going up so high? It's Supermax. 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 No, you're going up <laughs> way too high. Supermax is great. It's not I love this. Their chicken tenders are fucking beautiful. Do you want to go get one now? Bit of garlic dip. Carrots outside. Oh, you know what I love? What? Strawberry milkshake. Bring you to get one. No. Don't be silly. Don't no. Be silly. no don't, be silly. don't be silly. I had too much shit already and my stomach is yeah. sore. Oh. That's this week's episode. I'm going to go uh, find out where my father was in 1997. Imagine, imagine what? Imagine, imagine it this, was. Imagine this is how we this figured it out. This is how we found out that that man. Imagine that was your man ringing up yeah. the phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> she was in West Dublin for some reason. In a glass case of emotion. No, but thank um, you for listening. Go get a Supermax. Thanks for listening. Go get six burgers. Don't say, no, don't get six burgers. That's a terrible idea. The Colin can do it. Yeah. I've got a constitution that I don't have. Six burgers, one after the other. 
and he doesn't stop. And then he comes home and I'm like, you're right. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. Go back home. Yeah, and then he throws up. Blue kid.